May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. I firstly want to say uh, a happy birthday or a happy first anniversary to Levi and to Thomas. Because on this night a year ago, each of these young men were baptized here at Sophia's around the pond. And very soon we're going to gather again and we won't have any baptisms tonight. But we'll do as we did last year and we'll all be renewing our baptismal vows. This service is one of my most favourite services of the year. The drama of it as we begin in the car park and we light the new Easter fire, blessing it and blessing the candle that then carries this new light through the darkness to bring each one of us the light of Christ. And we give thanks. The light of Christ. Thanks be to God. And then it's as if we sit around the campfire and we remember the salvation history from the Hebrew scriptures, beginning with the creation of the world, including us. And then we remember the story of the Exodus from Egypt, that great Passover, which our Jewish sisters and brothers are celebrating right now. They began yesterday. One of our Jewish friends sent me a great little meme. Had two pictures. They're almost exactly the same. And the first one said, He is risen. And it had a picture of a quite plump looking white baker with a chef's hat on. <laughs> and it said, Yes, he is, underneath. And on the other side, it had, He is not risen. And, oh no, sorry. First one, He is risen. And, the woman, and then Happy Easter. And this one says, He is not risen. And that little baker looked like a piece of nut sauce, an unrisen piece of bread. And it said, No, he's not. <laughs> happy Pesach, Happy Passover. It reminded me that this festival that we celebrate today is not just ours. And as we celebrate it, we need to be aware that this is our take. Our take on it and we need to be respect, respectful of those for whom this was the festival time first and we remember that this was the festival time the Pesach the Passover for all of Jesus's friends and for Jesus himself and we are kind of coasting into our faith on the back of their faith because it was the Jewish faith that Jesus taught. He wasn't a Christian, he was a Jew. And he longed for people to know God in the way that he knew God. And as the centuries went by, the distance grew. Those early Christian communities firstly saw themselves simply as Jews who had a new piece of information. And it was a while before a separated company 
So as we celebrate this most important celebration of the year for us, we need to be reminded of and thankful for that history that came before us. So we gather around the fire and we listen to the salvation stories. Genesis, Exodus, a reading from Isaiah, giving us hope, reminding us of God's provision, and that God's ways are not our ways. And so we have a task to do, to learn God's ways, to be part of the salvation that God brings. And then those two readings from Exodus, one reminding us that we are called to exchange a heart of stone for a heart of flesh. And then that great rattling of bones coming together, the breath of life being breathed into the people of Israel, but also the people of our time. And then we sat in silence, and if we were having this service at midnight, we would sit until the clock ticked over. And it was a new day. As it is, we're celebrating it kind of in a Jewish tradition of once the sun goes down, the new day begins. So it is Easter already. Christ is risen! I had one other meme that was sent to me today. And it, it said, in the interest of being scripturally accurate, today the only sermons that are being preached are being preached by women. <laughs> the women went to the tomb. They went to the tomb expecting to find a body. They were full of grief. They were longing to touch and tend their beloved friend. But when they got to the tomb, it was open and empty. To begin with, that made the grief even deeper. It's all right for us, 2,000 years on, we go, wow, he's risen. But that's not what they would have thought first. They would have worried that someone had taken the body of their friend. But these women who had stood under the cross two days before, with a little help from some angelic prompting, then understood. From standing under the cross to understanding, they began to know deep in their gut the truth that indeed Christ is risen
and they perform this drama day after day and they begin to take on the characters' actual personas. But the very last station is the 15th station and it's the station of the resurrection. And we've got our resurrection banner on our altar, on our pulpit today to remind us of this last station of the Stations of the Cross. And in this particular depiction, people were gathered in the dark. So all those who come to watch were gathered in this dark crypt. And there's a narrator who says the years went by. And people said that they had seen him, but no one was quite sure if it was true. And then three more figures come running down the steps into the crypt and say, it's true, we've seen him too. I loved that because it said while the church kind of keeps this idea of 40 days of Jesus being present in his resurrected self, and then the ascension, and then 10 days later the Pentecost. Perhaps, perhaps it was like that. Perhaps it wasn't just days and weeks, but months and years before people really began to understand. Understand what it meant that Christ is risen. What does it mean to us? What difference does it make? The thing is that little group of frightened friends were transformed. So something happened. Christ was alive for them in a new way. Not restricted in the way he had been when he walked with them in the roads of Palestine, but in a new way. Bodily, maybe, indeed, but in a new way. What difference does it make to us? How will we be resurrection people because of today? How will we allow this new and most unexpected life to change the way that we are and to keep changing it? Over these 40 days of Lent, we have been committed to some disciplines, to pray, to rest in the presence of God and be resourced by God and respond to what God has called us to. We have been fasting, taking time away from some of the fun stuff in order to put energy into some things that really need to happen. We have been giving or learning how to give of ourselves. The self-giving that requires the building of relationships, particularly with those who need it the most. So the 40 days is over. We don't have to do those things anymore. Or do we? Because those 40 days were about strengthening what I've been calling our compassion muscles. So that we are ready to continue to live with that kind of compassion. But bolstered by this hope and the sense of surprising new life that comes to us in the risen Jesus.
it means that we have the resources to overcome that discontent that was there in those people of Israel grumbling to Moses that they just wanted to go back to their old slaveries. But Moses led them to a new way. And when Isaiah said not to be worried about how they, the Israelites are going to buy food or get what they needed, but turn them instead towards God, to a different way. God who loves them and cared for them and would give them what they actually needed. And that wonderful phrase from Ezekiel 36, where God promises to give us, in place of a hard stone, a hard flesh. In a moment, we're going to renew our vows. Those vows made at our baptism. We are going to promise again to renounce all evil influences and powers that rebel against God. To trust in Christ's victory, which brings forgiveness, freedom and life. And as we do that, let us choose again to follow this Christ, whose love for us is stronger than death and who calls us on into unexpected new life.